Probably science. I am Andy Wood, uh, joined by Matt Kirshen. Hello. Who's busy texting at the moment. I am. I was, I was sending a very important text that was all about our show and helping to promote it and make it a better, enjoyable oh. experience for our listeners. Always doing the work. I yeah. like it. It's exactly what's happening. Uh, so uh, for those people who haven't heard us before, we will go through the week in science news badly uh, with some funny people. And I think we should just get straight into it because we've got a double guest episode. So yeah. Uh, we are joined by the the pair of uh, Mike Schmidt to my left. Hey, host uh, of Forty Year Old Boy, yes, sure. a popular long running podcast, and uh, visiting um, visiting California briefly, but all too briefly, is Wendy Wayson. Hello, thank you for having me. Very Thanks funny Scottish here. comedian. <laughs> what brings you here to the states? I'm just sort of sniffing about, seeing what's out there for us. Oh. <laughs> what do you think so far? And soaking up the sunshine, and 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 regularly texting back home to say that it's not snowing. Yeah, in that kind of really annoying way. Now you say you're sniffing around for us. Do you mean us, the four of us, as a team? Is that <laughs> that's what I'm doing right now? Can't oh, you tell? All right, we're all in together. <laughs> yeah, you know, she's go for it. What's your take on on, on the state so far, on California specifically? I love it. Or? I love it. I love yeah. I love the warmth. I love the the positivity. I love it. Uh, people are very nice and jo- apart from when they get look at you're just looking at me because you've heard me bitching on the way here, Matt. But people are very positive and nice when, even when you're out and about and talking to people in the shops until they get into their cars and then they're mean and nasty. See, see, but, here's the thing. I, I actually differ from you that because I, I think in California, in LA, I think they're, they're, they're nice drivers but inept. I think... Really? Yeah, I think Midwest drivers are assholes. Midwesterners are are nicer than Californians, but they're meaner in the car. But Californians but, accelerate when you start to indicate. But it's I, almost like they're going, no, 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 you're not pulling in front of me. I, I think they're just unaware. Like, I, they do sometimes <laughs> do that, but I, I really do think they just change lanes arbitrarily because they're, <laughs> they're so in their own head and thinking about other stuff or just on the phone that they don't notice that they're just about to drive into you. Does, I, it, oh, does intent even matter on the road? I mean, if they're bad drivers, they're bad drivers. If they're doing bad things, I guess the intent is almost irrelevant, right? No, I think the intent is... I, I agree with you. Sorry. Yeah. I had this thing on the, on the freeway the other day there when I was sitting in the, in the middle lane minding my own business and these two idiots start pulling in on either side of me and I'm just like, where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to go? I would... Was that, was they were just being friendly and wanted to give you a big car cozy hug. up on the freeway. I'm disappointed that you two. I'm disappointed Sorry. that you two are guests in our country, and all you've done is slag everyone. Literally, I've, I've <laughs> I known you five minutes positive. to destroying all of us. I said everyone was nice until they get into their cars. Again, that's because you have an accent. I'll tell you that. The second really? they hear your accent, they're charmed. They'll talk to you for hours. Oh, hours. really? Yeah. A normal person. Well, not a normal person. A normal person weird. wouldn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> an accentless person doesn't get the uh, the benefit of the doubt. No. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. No, because no, they're hoping you'll bring the ring or something. You know, they, 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 are you calling sort of me a hobbit? hobbit? No, not at all. <laughs> Maybe perhaps a friend of mine. I will hobbit. let you check my feet. They're not covered in hair at all. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Bonus episode, you guys. A video podcast. That's after. science, right? That's science. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're doing probably science after dark. <laughs> Here's Sue's Checking feet for hair. <laughs> it's a kind of science. Yeah, is that a scientific study just to look for hair on someone's feet? I'm pretty sure it has been studied. I, I know we do have some genuine yeah. scientist listeners. Uh, we always like hearing from them, normally with corrections to, to our mistakes as we're trying to read out a story. Right. But, but if any of you are listening in your lab and you're currently counting the number of hair follicles on a subject's foot... Preferably a Scottish woman. Yeah, Preferably yeah, it's a, Scottish be a Scottish woman, woman. <laughs> exactly. And, and you fancy emailing probablyscience at gmail.com or tweeting us at probablyscience with... With I am currently <laughs> foot hair checking right now. We want the results of that study. Speaking of study results, actually, this dovetails nicely into uh, Dr. Peter McGraw was on our podcast recently. This is a scientist who studies comedy and why things are funny. He heads up. The he's human- an experimental psychologist. Oh, great. His- yeah, he's trying to develop a, a unifying theory of of why all humor is. That's going to work. It, it actually has. He's got a <laughs> Come theory. On. Well, he's got a no, he's, it's, he's got it's, a very interesting theory. And just just, just to recap, we we talked about it for a. A very long time, like the longest yeah. podcast we've done yet. Um, but the the basic, uh, his basic theory is that laughter comes from what he call, terms benign violations, which is effectively something that goes against the status quo or goes against your understanding of the world in a way that is still comfortable to you. So something that almost happened to you. Yeah, or so, something that um, you go, oh, that's not right, but but not in a way that you're like, oh, that's not right. It's just so a sweet just, spot between, like, if something is too benign, it doesn't have enough teeth to be funny, and if it's too um, much of a violation, 
it's just perceived as as offensive or hurtful. But so if someone if someone tells you they're going to molest you, then that's okay. But if they actually molest you, it hits too hard, and that's not uh, that's not right. Work. Okay, someone yeah, and actually if, has intent to molest, it's yeah, probably if, not going to make you. Yeah, if or if they go like, I'm going to molest you, but they're dressed molest. as a Some clown. Some people just don't know they're doing it. Some people are just unaware because they're so inside their own heads. Isn't that right, Matt? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like LA drivers when they molest there you, they don't go. actually yeah. mean to molest. I didn't quite listen because I was too busy checking her feet. Get in line. Well, anyhow, so Dr. McGraw uh, was on the podcast, and w- for some reason, we started just talking about examples of, of funny jokes. We were, tr- and- we were trying to find like jokes that did or didn't fit in with his with his theory. And the thing I wasn't the the thing I had some trouble with or some issue with was the th- what makes you laugh when you know that the punchline is coming. Because there's certain types of humor where you see someone walking towards the banana skin already, and you know it's going to happen. And the fact that it does play out is what makes you laugh. And I used the example of um, Stuart Lee has a joke. Um, it's an old routine of his about seeing an inflatable model of E.T. outside Princess Diana's memorial. And the whole the whole bit of it is him playing out just the imagined conversation between the guy who thought that was a good idea and his wife. Oh, okay. And, it, and it's basically yeah, him waking up his wife and the, the sh- in a much shorter version than Stuart does it of just going, look, there's been a horrible tragedy, Princess Diana's. She's she's had a car crash. She's she's dead. Uh, he goes. Uh, well, I better get a life-size inflatable model of ET then. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it outside. And that's the way the joke plays out. But the the thing that makes people laugh is you sort of giggling as he's cl- as he's getting closer and closer to the punchline. But he still goes exactly what you'd expect. Right. But are they laughing at the fact that ET's there? Or the fact that they are glad they're not having conversation with their partner, saying that is really inappropriate behavior. Well, this is... W- not sure. And actually, the, the experiment that he set up, I don't really know that it answers your initial question of mm-hmm. why the inevitability of the punchline is still funny. But we were just curious, or Dr. McGraw was, about whether there's something inherently funny about it being E.T. or could it be other things? So part of his humor research laboratory, they have actual ways of setting up experiments so they can actually test these things. Like they had... Um, they'll just have this joke written out, which admittedly is not as funny as hearing it said. Um, and then have different things put in in place of E.T. and then have people rate the funniness. And this was all undergraduates at University of Colorado at Boulder. Does this guy get grant money on this? I mean, honestly, this is such <laughs> a waste of time. You should listen to the time. episode. No, it's actually really interesting. It's, it's, it's a very valid thing that he's doing, and he's on to something. Anyhow, so uh, he, he did an experiment where he, he replaced E.T. with just generically an alien, an inflatable alien, because I'm, yeah, I was also curious because specificity is funnier right. in comedy, right? In general, you think. So um, was the was the um, alien from the Roswell incident less funny than the cutesy child's alien? Well, that was he did four different experiments. One was with ET. One was with Alf, which was I uh, loved Alf. I loved Alf. You guys alien Alf? life form. Oh yeah. my god, he was at number Gordon one for like way. fourteen weeks with the Alf rap. <laughs> you see his feet. <laughs> yeah, those are some <laughs> hairy, hairy feet. Hairy feet. Uh, so, AT, Alf, Yoda, and just generically an alien. Just side note, by the way, they haven't. It's been a while since a popular cartoon or puppet has released a rap. <laughs> what's what's like, going back? Do, I think yeah, do the Bartman might have been the most recent. I don't. <laughs> and that was what nineties. Yeah, definitely. I kind of can't believe Seth MacFarlane hasn't decided to tackle this problem yet. <laughs> Every week they do a song, but not a rap. So yeah, yeah, and he's uh, getting around it that way. Yeah, and the songs are never released for popular consumption. Like, do the Bartman got played on MTV on, on like regularly? Did you have it? Uh, no, but my friend Richard had the full, uh, had the full Simpsons sing the blues. In the really? key of Springfield, or oh, yeah. a different album, maybe it was. My it? my husband's first record that he bought when he was a, a youngster, and it's, it was a, as a character that they had on British television by a really inane TV host. Uh, on a Saturday night show, and the character's name was Mr. Blobby. That was the first thing he bought. That was the first thing he bought. I. <laughs> Mr. Blobby. Mr. Yeah, it was like, a novelty go- single it, that, went, it. that went to number It was number one for a good few weeks. Yeah, but helped there by my husband. Yeah. I'm, I'm very proud. <laughs> yeah, I, you, weirdly, last no, last night, I was talking to my friend, uh, my friend Kirsty, about this. Not the Kirsty you know. But um, she was DJing at a 90s-themed night, and we were, we were having a little chat back and forth about what songs she could pick out, and I suggested Mr. Blobby and showed her the video. <laughs> and she's from Australia, and she'd never seen it either. Well, you know, lucky, lucky her. The video features a young Jeremy Clarkson from Top Gear. Does it? Yeah. Wow. Gosh. This is Mr. Blobby, if you're curious, Mike, if you want to look over my show. I do, of course Terribly I do. sorry that that came that up, but I, I didn't realize that we were even going to go there. Who knew? Oh, boy. It's sort yeah. of like, it's sort of a... a 
proto um, um, Teletubby. They sell like squeeze toys like that in the states, where you squeeze it in their eyes and their yeah. uh, like yeah, that's what it looks yeah, like. Yeah. yeah. Is that the Mr. Blobby you were thinking of, Wendy? That's exactly Mr. Nice. Blobby. He looks kind of like Liza Minnelli, I think. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So with the eyes, the eyes with a skin condition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with jaundice. Liza Minnelli I mean. in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> If you're all pink covered in yellow dots. Anyhow, so the, the point of all this was we wanted to get to the results of the study. They did not, uh, they did not, uh, what's the word, defend what I thought, what I thought would happen did not happen. Uh, E.T. was the least funny version, followed by ALF, followed by Yoda. The winner, surprisingly, was just an inflatable alien. You see, I think that's got to do with fear. I think there's a certain level of fear involved in comedy. When, yeah. when I do the, there's jokes I do, and, and and I quite like it. Um, and it's terrible to get hooked on it as a comedian. I think when you tell a joke and they go, <gasps> and then they laugh, and it's kind of quite addictive. That's to good. Tell jokes. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what you should want to do. I think. But I think, well, I think sometimes it's good. I think also it's quite it's quite important just to be funny and not get hooked on that. Oh, right. I got a shock thing. Do you know? What I mean? Yeah, but if you, you know get both, then it, it, you're fine. Is you walk the line? Well, sometimes, but I think it's. I feel like I should be just being funny rather than searching for the gasp and the laugh. Right? I see. Do you know? And I feel like yeah. fear plays a big part in that. Well, that's the violation part of his theory. Is if you had all violation, then it would be bad. Like you're saying, you have you have to temper that. You can't just go up and say shocking things for an hour and then say good night. Yeah. yeah so his <laughs> thinking good night. Yeah. His theory is pretty much exactly that laughter comes in that sweet spot between between things that you find a bit too tasteless. Yeah, uh, and things that you find just too benign, too. Yeah, well, yeah but, the but stakes aren't... have to be high for it to be funny. Yeah, and and everybody's different, so this is this study's going to take forever. Yeah, I well, mean, everyone, they, everyone's line is, is completely everyone's different. line is in a completely different place. Yeah, yeah there's, there's comedies that there's comedy shows that I find incredibly boring, but uh, but my mum likes, and there's other stuff that Are we I back find to Mr. Blobby. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. and I find. Uh, and there's other stuff that I find fine, but my mum would find offensive, and that's because right. our line, my line is further along the spectrum to hers. Yeah, like his, my, his goal isn't to find the the one joke that everyone will laugh at. It's not like <laughs> that's actually a noble be. goal, quite frankly. <laughs> I think I've heard that joke. But, but I think it's interesting, and especially in the UK right now, we've had a bit of an issue with a popular 70s TV presenter called Jim, uh, Jimmy Savile. Don't know oh, if you know anything yeah, yeah. about that. In, in the 70s, my mum loved Jimmy Savile. He was all wholesome and he was lovely. The one person she could not stand and would not have on the television was Benny Hill because he was sexist and terrible. <laughs> now, it right. transpires that the one who was a really nice private man that wouldn't touch up her daughter is Benny Hill yeah you kind of you know yeah I, I don't want I mean, every inch of my body wants to go back to my mum goes see see what you <laughs> take that see what you put a bit of me in the firing line for that's, that's what I feel about Richard Simmons like I think that's one person who there's never there's no skeletons in the closet we're never going to find out anything crazy about Richard Simmons because it's all out there. out there like he doesn't have anything to hide and it's the people that come across like they well, if someone's doing too them. much charity work, I think that's probably an indication that's not, was that guy, not all was as that well. Jimmy? Millions, millions really? and millions and millions of pounds with and, the charity work. And then even the uh, even um, Sandusky had the charity, which was almost like the thing he used to get the kids in, right. wasn't well, it? Which is the same for Savile. Yeah. Really? Savile oh. used... Uh, yeah, he used to go to various hospitals that he'd helped to raise money for. Ooh. And get a private room. Oh, man. That's a good guy. That guy so this get is a the grant to study that, dude. Yeah. That's, sorry, that's the violation that's the violation, violation part. I had a friend who said um, that we used to do missionary work in South America, and it was well... So did Jimmy Savile. Yeah. <laughs> but I think he, he did a different kind of missionary work. Yep. <laughs> um, and my friend said that what was really shocking once was when the... Um, Oh, these kind of soldiers, the guerrilla um, soldiers, came into the the village and shot at all the families, and everyone disappeared. And they had sort of like a full on ten ten minutes doesn't say a long time, but it is a long time to have shotguns going off. Yeah. Um. And and uh, everyone disappeared, and then but within like three or four minutes after it all died down and they'd gone, the children were straight out pretending to be the gunmen and all laughing. And he was like, he was really shocked and upset about it, and thought it, it was a real kind of and they were all laughing and enjoying it and the parents were going look at them isn't that funny and he said it, was a complete, it felt like a complete coping mechanism that they almost all died but now it was funny right Yeah. and it was, it was, it was like you know hey guys do you remember that time we almost died yeah. back minutes ago but I guess it happens so frequently that you can't sit around crying about it you have to go get up and get on with it and yeah. I don't think kids have the, the understanding of mortality that adults do and if they did they wouldn't be that way but that, that just ever. skews what their yeah that that skews where their benign and, and violated senses are and it, you could still explain why that's funny to them by that theory because they haven't had 
they haven't been violated by life enough yeah, to yeah. know that they should have been afraid for their lives and this wasn't a benign thing. But but that was a good introduction to violation. <laughs> yeah. uh, just shotguns for 10 minutes. Yeah. That's not a bad welcome to the front door. <laughs> I guess it's what you're up against every day, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, and, and also, I, I forgot to mention that uh, the this study... Um, or I did mention it was all undergrads. So one theory as to why E.T. might not have been funny was the oldest among these kids would have been born like eight years after E.T. came out, which makes me feel ancient. But, you know, maybe it's not even something that they knew about or that is synonymous with oh, a benevolent he alien. Been an alien to them. He might he just been a weird looking dude. Yeah, He's well, a weird the, looking dude. My daughter was frightened to watch it for a long time until we had to explain yeah. that it's a nice... Because um, I mean, the, the first bit of ET, we in fact we watched it about three nights ago. It's very scary when they don't know what it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, eventually he becomes loving and gentle, but it's a scary looking monster. Right. Stephen King's It's the same. <laughs> <laughs> is that the same as cousin It from the uh, Adams Family? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly like that. <laughs> Just tell them it's the thing from the Adams Family, but like has a whole spin-off film. <laughs> But yeah, so they didn't actually show pictures of E.T. It was just a text-based joke with the words E.T. So maybe that didn't even resonate with the people taking the study. So I, I, don't, I don't like know. this study at all. You've got to take it from the top and have pictures and you got to blow up dolls. <laughs> this, is, this is not scientific. Well, anyway, I don't know if that proves or disproves anything, but thank you, Peter, for doing that study for us um, and um, for being on the show. It was, it's a good episode. If anybody hasn't listened to it, go back and listen if you want to hear more about his theories. But uh, anyhow, so... Let's get back to it. We usually ask our guests to give us a little background on what science they have studied in their lives, if any. There's no requirement. Most of our guests are just comedians, and the answer is sometimes just nothing comedians. beyond. Just comedians. That's all. With that. <laughs> Not great. But Mike, what did, what's your science background, if any? I, I just vile hatred for the actual art. <laughs> Not in no interest at all. I, I, she blinded me with science is the only touchstone I have with science, quite frankly. I'm not a fan. Not even weird science? Uh, oh, you know what? I'm in. Actually, I apologize. Weird science, definitely. But yeah, that's it, man. I hated it in school. Was not a fan. I, I didn't. I never even. Did you have bad teachers at school? Because that's often the. I was a. Is there language? Oh no, no. Say what I was want. a fuck up in school. So I mean, it doesn't really matter. But oh, I mean, hang on. When you said language, you didn't know that'd be swearing. Oh, I apologize. We thought you meant no, French. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got nine different accents anyway. I should have clarified. Um, no, man. I just. Uh, I, I. I didn't. It didn't grab my interest at all. I had no interest. in I believe in it. You know yeah. what I mean. But I just never really gravitated toward it at all. I'm more of an English guy. So. Hey. Right. And uh, Wendy? I loved science at school. I loved um, chemistry and biology. Really enjoyed that. But I have a phobia of maths. And I quite enjoyed physics, but then the maths pitched up in the physics. And I was just like, that can get to fuck. But I really enjoyed, you know, um, setting fire to magnesium strips in chemistry. And all the sort of lithium tests and the different colored gases burning and all that kind of stuff. I like biology, but that's it. So what was, uh, we used to do a speed round, I don't know if we can do it with two people, of, of science quizzes, but uh, what is the either the best experiment you ever took part in or the coolest explosion you ever witnessed or caused to either of you? I like the experiment where my, one of my teachers did a, I can't even, it was in physics, where they sort of pump air and water into a, an upside down Coke bottle. Right. And then, and then eventually after a while it just explodes off into the air and fires off into the air. Right. Oh, I also like the Van de Graaff generator where somebody with big hair yeah. in the class had to put their hand on, on that and it, that was always hilarious. That was the one That's time the that the, the guy with the biggest hair got to shine. <laughs> that was the time big hair got to <laughs> like, stay at the front. Here we go again. This one's mine. I'm going to take it from here. They never used to use girls in my class because of course girls used to spray their hair down and I remember the, like, the, the, physics guy going, the physics teacher going, shake your head, shake your head. It's <laughs> a bit dodge. What's going to happen here? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, explosions or experiments? I know there must be some explosions in your background. Well, you know, we did, when we were kids, we did this. Uh, again, I didn't know what it was at the time, but we we, my, we were latchkey kids. So my parents weren't around, so it was just me and my four brothers. And uh, our house became headquarters for every terrible thing. So we had a bunch of kids over, and we put on a magic show in our house. We called it Mr. Magic, the Mr. Magic Show. And all we did was we turned all of the burners on on the stove. <laughs> oh, my God. And we threw hot chocolate in the air, <laughs> and it would go <laughs> and make a huge fireball. <laughs> And it was awesome. It was like, you were just like, ah, Mr. Magic Show. And there was no other trick. It literally, it was the only <laughs> trick we had. But we'd turn all the burners on and we'd throw the chocolate in the air. Huge fireballs. Yay! Screaming, going crazy. Um, we do that for a week or two. Did you wear a tuxedo for this? <laughs> I did not, unfortunately. I should have. Uh, so after like a week or two, my mom comes. Uh, again, she usually didn't cook dinner because she was always working. But on a weekend, she decided to make dinner once. And she tur- turned the burners on and they wouldn't turn on uh, because they were covered with fudge. Because the chocolate... <laughs> Oh had God. melted and burned. <laughs> and powdered on chocolate had caramelized. Yeah, yeah, it had caramelized all over the burners, and she didn't know what it was. And then we, had, oh, we were just doing a Mr. Magic show. 
And then we had a, we also had a stove we're in the throwing basement. Throwing chocolate in the air. Yeah, we're dumb. Uh, and then we had a basement uh, and a stove down there once, mm. and uh, we had turned on all of the burners, but there was no fire. We wanted to play Mr. Magic in the basement, and there was no fire. <laughs> And, uh, and we left them on. Look at you're still going like we wanted left to play Mr. Magic. <laughs> so it's just a room for the gas. Well, yeah, we didn't know that because we were kids. And then oh uh, what happened was uh, we we tried to light them after like five minutes, and uh, it, it exploded. Like it almost exploded the entire like a fireball scorched the the, the floor <laughs> of the kitchen above towards black on the tile, and we was on fire. It was a huge fire. We had to run and get my mom, and she came downstairs, and it was a, it was a mess. So what, you were in the fireball. No, we were downstairs and we, we set up, we had turned the gas on, but we left it out for like five minutes. Yeah. And yeah, we, but like, how close were you to the source of the fireball? Pretty close. <laughs> well, we went to light it. Ceiling, and it, it, didn't, it didn't hurt you guys, though? It didn't burn it your hair? It went up or? and out. Well, no, we fell down. I mean, it was a, that wow. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but I mean, it was just... Uh, <laughs> that pisses all over my Coke bottle one. No, stop. Because <laughs> you had good parents. <laughs> that was Mr. Magic's revenge. Yes. I like that it's a personified that there's a... Yeah, not like yeah. the fact that you still described it. We went downstairs to do Mr. Magic. Yeah. <laughs> we went downstairs to make a fire. It's almost like the um, the excuses in the story, isn't it? Yeah. We weren't mucking about. We were doing Mr. Magic. It's Mr. Magic, come on, come on, Magic. guys, lighten up. You've all done that. It was a show that went wrong. <laughs> Where I got my start. Yeah, it was, it was a, a show theatrical that went a- mishap. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it happens all the time in a theatre. Yeah, it went awry. <laughs> Yeah, so it wasn't technically an explosion, yes. but it was more of a there fireball. Was some, there were some uh, roving magic shows happening in the Los Angeles <laughs> and San Fernando Valley areas last year. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember Guys, that. Uh, I think the understudy is going to have to be Mr. Magic tonight. <laughs> yeah. There's some Mr. Magic in car parks. and uh... <laughs> Some dude was setting random fires like in car parks and, and, a, and like a serial fire starter. He was starting them in, in like parking garages and things like he that. He was throwing Molotov cocktails underneath cars parked yep. underneath buildings to set the buildings on fire. And, oh my god! All over town, yeah. It was, it was, was scary he time. Like, was he leaving playing cards? Is a calling card? <laughs> no, it, it turned out he was mad that his mom was, was getting deported or something. Is that what it was? Well, that's a surefire way to keep her in. <laughs> yeah, now she's, she's here for good. Yeah, citizenship right now. I have to say, I spent, talking of science, I spent a little bit of time at the start of my trip in LAC, USC. My husband um, was, it's a hospital. Oh, okay. um, uh, was admitted to hospital and a good three hours in the ER in that place. Wow. Quite extraordinary. One guy was admitted because he'd, um, well, he didn't admit, he wasn't admitted, he admitted himself because he had um, pulled his own eyeball out no. and brought it in brought it in, in a Ziploc bag. <laughs> wow. <laughs> pulled, pulled is such pulled. a gentle well, I don't know, popped. I don't know. Yeah. Pop, pop sounds much Scooped. more friendly. But there was Scooped. intent. There's yeah, like there a was Mr. Definitely Magic situation. Thought- <laughs> We're going to go play Mr. Highball. Pretty sure there was no hot chocolate or okay. burners involved. But yeah, he pulled his own eyeball out. And he was calmly holding it in a Ziploc bag yeah. asking for help. <laughs> yes. I, I, hear I think that. I might have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't you think that would be like, the, you think of that as the worst pain you could ever imagine. And I have heard so many stories of people who pulled their eyeballs really? out. Seriously? I, yeah, I, I'm not joking. Because like, I'm going to be honest, that was the very first yeah, story really? I've heard of that, that I've ever heard. <laughs> really? With intent, you mean. You don't mean an accidental... <laughs> no, like meth guys or people who get bipolar and weird and it's one of the first things they do where they'll, they'll pluck their eyes out. you tell that story in LA and everyone goes meth. Well, oh my yeah, god, yeah. is that the first thing you do when you take crystal meth? Because I'm not ever going anywhere near that stuff. I've heard so many stories about it. There was a, there was a story about a dude. <laughs> I was going to do it before. Yeah. What, head shaving yeah. like Britney Spears? <laughs> and then my <laughs> eyes. I can do the head shaving, but I'm not losing my eyes. Yeah. The more I hear about that crystal meth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this episode brought to you by the Crystal Meth Council. You, you, you got two of them for a reason. Meth. <laughs> well, what I like about that, I was thinking about that the other night there. I have quite a lot of difficulty finding where I put the Ziploc bags anyway. <laughs> with an eye missing. Without stereoscopic vision. Where the vision, fuck did I put the Ziploc bags? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Because now, if anything, like this is the absolute opportune time for me to have them. Yeah. I might even freeze it later. In the stories you've heard, people just want to get rid of the one, and then they wise up, or they blind themselves like Oedipus. Like, well, I, the- I mean, I've heard. And always, inevitably, the story I hear, the guy will end up eating his eyeball. Oh, my I mean, it's like, oh my God. Because I wasn't it sick enough before. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. It just, But they get all crazy and they're hearing voices. I mean, I've, yeah. I've heard of people putting like chopsticks in their ears because they're think, all trying to quiet the voices. Do you and, think they yeah. eat their eyeballs because they pull it out first and they're like, oh, I need to get it back in me somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I think they couldn't really find the bags. Really and go, oh, a lychee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I hate those. Grim, grim. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened to his eyeball. <laughs> um... 
Well, that's as good a, it's good, it's good a note as any to get into <laughs> well, actual move, science stories, Let's move on to a pleasant we? story. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, no, no, no. AIDS baby. AIDS baby. Is he cured or she? I don't know. This is the biggest... Well, we can't... This is the biggest science story of... Um, of well, I was going to say the week, but... The month, the <laughs> year. Pretty much the past 25 years, I'd say. It's true. Yeah, it's a yeah. huge, huge story where for the first time it seems like a, a baby aged two and a half has reportedly been cured of HIV infection through treatment with antiretroviral drugs. So just the standard drugs that people with HIV are given to keep their symptoms down and to keep their viral load down, they get, they gave a high, a particularly high dosage to the baby when it was born. It was born with HIV. Uh, presumably, I don't know, it's probably sharing needles or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. okay, is it safe to share needles with a baby now? It might now be... Sh- well, now it's okay too, yeah. yeah. No, needles is fine, cured. but anal sex is still a bit dangerous. Yeah, so stay clear of slutty babies. But... Now we're going on to the violation side of it. Sorry, <laughs> I'm a mother of three children before I, I can make those jokes. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you proceed it with, as a mother. As a mother, I, I'm thrilled that the AIDS baby's cured. Uh, but yeah, this I is... I still don't think they should have named it that, but I yeah. mean, whatever. <laughs> They're the parents, you They know. could have gone French and gone for a cedar. That's much nicer. Yeah, it is, yeah. that's AIDS in French. For so yeah, people. this baby did, didn't have, uh, never had full-blown AIDS, but had, was... was it, what it, a fraud. Well, then I'm not impressed. Yeah. <laughs> But it Please. seems, um, it seems at least like it's been checked quite a few times. It seems that the baby definitely it. has. It's been checked quite a few times. No shit, was, Matt. Just like they can't just say that. <laughs> they didn't check it. He once doesn't seem and... to have a temperature anymore. I reckon it's cured. <laughs> yeah. Just put his hand over the baby's forehead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good. Hang on. Apparently, if I just put my lips on the forehead, that's a really good thermometer. Yeah, yeah it's cool. He's done. Yeah. <laughs> well, we asked that's him. Impressive. We figured it's like it's like a cop was undercover. Like, the baby has to say if he still has HIV. <laughs> so how long has he been clear for then? Well, well, here's what happened. So. Um, Right from birth, the baby was given these strong drugs. Then at around 15 months, I think it was, uh, it went missing. The mum took... Uh, oh, it was 18 months. And then at 18 months, the, the baby went missing from the medical... From the doctors. Like, the mum just sort of went... Just went off somewhere. So they're like, shit, we need to keep treating this baby. Mm-hmm. It came back about six months later. With a cool, and they, cool new haircut. Uh, yeah. A whole lot yeah. of stories. Skateboards yeah. and a, With a mohawk. <laughs> um... And they tested and couldn't find any, like, couldn't find any trace of the drug anywhere. Has the mother given anything to the baby, or no? Uh, Other than AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've done enough, mother. <laughs> yeah. Sit this one out. Yeah, yeah you've done all want, you can do. All I wanted was a peanut butter and jelly yeah, sandwich. Really, <laughs> mom, stop giving me AIDS already. <laughs> I, got I hate it. you. I didn't ask to have AIDS. <laughs> The interesting thing, though, I didn't realize until I read this article that, that there was, uh, there, there's like a tiny fragment of the population that is something called, um, I lost this part of the article already, um, oh, just a super controller, uh, and there's some debate whether the child was actually... Um, immune anyway. No, yeah, whether it was, uh, let's see, do, do, do. Yeah, because the, the child could be a super controller, which is an individual with a natural resistance to HIV, and super controllers were something discovered in the early 2000s. They have a genetic fault in a white blood cell surface receptor called CCR5, and since HIV needs to latch onto this receptor to invade cells, super controllers are protected from infection, and it turns out about 1% of Europeans have that mutation, and one other guy has been cured because he had leukemia, and when he got a bone marrow transplant, it was from a super controller. So, so that, hang on, so but, if, has, but if he if he hadn't didn't have it, if he was immune to HIV, he wouldn't have got it in the first place, surely. Well, I, I, that's I don't know, but this is just the article. Yeah, said. There, there's a lot more research needs to be done by this. But um, yeah, this, this is not is, like your smallpox story. It, uh, no, I think this one's uh, this. Uh, I don't know. This is really interesting. Like um, so this baby is Doctor Manhattan from Watchmen. Basically, basically yeah. it's exactly yeah. that. So there's there's been two people ever to have been tested and been found to be HIV positive. And then after some treatment, found to be HIV negative, and that's this one. This one guy who was an adult uh, who had this transplant, this bone marrow transplant from a super controller. But that's a really invasive, tricky, and expensive procedure. This is the first time someone's had it. Uh, a human's had had the virus and just been given the normal, the normal, normal drugs, drugs that anyone on HIV would be given. Anyone with HIV would like, get given just to keep their symptoms controlled. Mm-hmm. But it seems to have banished it. But there's there's still some debate. Firstly, whether the baby actually was HIV positive, although it does seem like that was the case, and also whether it's completely banished because the virus is really good at hiding in different places. And the, and they're not worried about the, the disappearing for six months. That's. I think that was just um, not great, mother. Yeah. 
Which the same mother well, we, that goes which, without saying. Well, well, which there's a, I that, mean, there's that's a, one side of the coin. But if she's brought him back cured, there is another side to the coin. If there's no sign of the drugs or the HIV. So you're you're wondering whether something happened in those yeah, six months the baby was missing. Maybe she's a voodoo mother. Mm. That's a possibility. I mean, it, I have heard. Maybe it turns out like maple syrup did the trick. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe it's the master cleanse. Maybe it's just <laughs> yeah. a cayenne pepper and lemon juice. And, oh, yeah. Christ. Or maybe they spent those six months tracking down, like, like the head AIDS baby and killed it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is definitely tending towards the violation. It sounds like the an opening theory. segment of the new heroes. <laughs> so it's this new pilot that I'm in the middle of writing. <laughs> you can get rid of your AIDS only by killing someone else with AIDS. Is yeah. that the new theory? Well, that's a big problem in Africa, isn't it? This is going dark again. I'm sorry. No, but yeah. isn't there an actual theory that you have to have sex with a virgin to You have to have re- sex yeah. with it, yeah. And, yeah. and that's yeah, a real problem. A baby, it doesn't work, baby guys. Rape. Baby rape's a big problem yeah, so in if some, you, some, seriously. some countries in Africa because oh. they... Um, so if our podcast does have a message, it is if you do have HIV, go to the doctor's and, and don't, don't rape a baby. Don't rape a baby. I, I think your message is don't go to Africa because <laughs> they're raping babies. They're shooting shotguns for ten minutes. Yeah. Well, that was, that was South America. I think it's South Africa. Sorry, I was going to say America, it's, anything South with America. Africa in the title. Yeah, even the Toto song. Africa's don't buy amazing. the song. Exactly. I was in Africa in January. It's amazing. Where were you in Africa? I was in Tanzania. I went on safari in Tanzania. Were you? Not, you were born I in. Z- I was born in South Africa. Yeah, but I went to Tanzania and then I went to um, Zanzibar, where all the spices come from. Which is amazing. Mm. They just they take you on a spice farm. I'm like, this is amazing. You're all like, Wendy, you're losing us. No, no, no. I've <laughs> never been to a spice farm or knew that it well, existed. Well, they show you around where all the spices come from, and it's just amazing. Like they they grow cloves and they grow um, cinnamon trees where you slice the cinnamon off the bark. I don't know if you know this. this is a little known fact. I never knew where cinnamon. Cinnamon came from. gets sliced off a bark, and then the bark grows back again, and that's where you get cinnamon from. And the root oh. of a cinnamon tree is you pull it out, and it's menthol. Really? Yeah. Huh. The cinnamon trees, are they fragrant on their own or they have to be no, it's shaved only off? When you sh- it's like- only when they shave them. Huh. Interesting. And the cloves, are those just surrounded by like angry 19-year-olds <laughs> who are waiting for their cigarettes? <laughs> I don't. How many, that, no, did, are, are clove cigarettes? Is that only for me that that was a rite of passage, like freshman or sophomore year in college? The smoking cloves. I don't know. There was right, definitely the there was some nonsense about thing like when I was growing up about things that you could smoke that were just exactly as good as weed. Oh really? <laughs> like yeah, I think I think cinnamon might was one, banana skins was another, and they're all like, yeah, they, like they will get you exactly as high as marijuana. My uncle's like, got exactly. a story where he um he was uh, he, he knew his big sister my my aunt smoked um blow and uh, went raking in her room once. And found a Tampax and didn't know what it was, so he lit it. Oh, <laughs> ah, nice. He was like, yes, I found the weed. <laughs> and I walked in. His sister walked in and was like, what the fuck are you doing? You're smoking a Tampax. <laughs> Mr. Tampax. It's <laughs> awesome. He was like, don't, I'm off my head. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I've talked about this before. I was always mad when I was younger that they didn't, that no one explained to boys about all that stuff. Like, I would see ads on TV that just were really vague, talking about periods and had, like, blue liquids. But I, I would ask adults, and no one would tell me. Oh, really? And in retrospect, I don't know why they wouldn't just tell someone who's asking that. If they're asking, they're ready for that information. But it was, like, the most confounding thing. We had the conversation about when my, my daughter, we told her all about it during the Edinburgh Festival. When, we, when I was up there with the, the kids thinking, of, I think we'll have this conversation now because she asked about it. So all the kids were sitting around. And um, we told her about it. My son just grew increasingly more horrified. And yeah. Turned to my husband and went, "Oh my god!" I can't do, imagine. Yeah, he was having... like, "Do boys get periods?" And my husband went, "No, that's why we have to open doors and take the bins out." Uh, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's there. To me, it wouldn't seem like it would be uncomfortable to talk about. Just the sheer length of that conversation has got to be daunting. I mean, to explain to a child why that happened, yeah, why it's happening. Well, you got to start with the Bible. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you must Half sit in a Bible. chair. Half the Bible, chair. at least. For seven days, you're unclean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, it's a, but it like also saying to her, it's not sore, and it's a great thing that your body's just checking in, and it means that everything's working, and you know, and, and as women, you're grateful for, it and it's great, and it's fine. And she's like, right. So, and so you, it's not sore. I'm like, yeah. I was like, it's not sore. Well, I was like, effectively, your stomach's getting ready to have a baby. And, if, and it puts a nice cushion in there. And if the baby doesn't come, the cushion has to come out. And that's what it is. She's like, okay. So we go into the pharmacy. And she's like, that, those pills. The problem is when you have to have this chat with, with, with little girls, by that point, they can read. Yeah. So you should really tell them when they're four. Because then they don't know. Because then we're going to the pharmacy. And she's like, that says for period pain. Like, Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, on very rare occasions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So rare, there's only about 20 products on the shelf yeah. here. That Next to the it, man flu section. Yeah. Yeah. It barely has an aisle to itself. Yeah. <laughs> it barely has its own aisle. That is rough. Oh. Uh, well, speaking of gross things, uh, why don't we get into the story about how if we ever do travel to Mars, we might have to use human excrement as a radiation shield. This is a, this is a new theory. One of the problems when you're traveling to Mars is that the craft is constantly being bombarded from radiation. And this is a perfect like two birds with one stone problem. Like, How can we deal with astronauts are going to be shitting, but also we're going to be bombarded with radiation. Maybe just combine the two and use the best of both worlds is that true that so that ship map um soaks up radiation they said yes that that actually water in itself also could and they would uh, have a system where the um spacecraft would be lined with bags of um i guess they would start off as water for consumption and then after consumed they'd be filled up with waste and then they'd try to recycle water out of the liquid and solid waste to be reconsumed but um, that there would be... That's like Dago Bell. <laughs> that's how, and that's where Mexi Melt comes from. Um, but yeah, that, this uh, shield uh, that would could amount to about, was it 40 centimeters? Hang on, it just sounds so slapdash. It sounds like Bart Simpson is making a spaceship uh-huh. and it's a 40 centimeter radiation shield to go into space covered with urine and feces. But if it works, it works, and you're going to be gone a long time. What about 500 days they estimated for the trip? How much did NASA spend on this research? Well, this is um, this isn't uh, NASA. Sorry, it's not this NASA. It's the Russian Charmin. <laughs> 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 uh, this is uh, Tabor McCallum, who's a member of the team funded by multimillionaire Dennis Tito. Is is it Tito or Tito? He I sounds th- like a dictator. Yep, he is a dictator, and also. Uh, He's 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 behind one of the plans to fly to the red planet by 2018. What does he do? Is he so wealthy? Uh, I don't actually know what he did originally. <laughs> we can I'll, I can look that up while he owns shit farms, man. That's sh- what he does. He had a, he had a fleet <laughs> of shit covered cabs. He's literally going to sell your <laughs> shit back to you and charge you a million dollars for the privilege. Yeah. He does shit beds, <laughs> yeah. shit houses. Um, yeah, he's he's got a. He's, like he might have a problem. He's got a good line the of more, shit. The more we think about it, he might actually have some psychological issues going on here. But no, it's um, it doesn't actually make sense. That the How prob- does it make sense? Well, there's a big problem with storage. Obviously, when you're sending something off to Mars or anything in space in general, um, any storage space is at a premium. Like, uh, where do you put stuff? What do you do with stuff? Was it the estimate? It's and about wait, ten thousand dollars per pound. Yeah, every every extra pound of weight is is costs extra in terms of energy and in terms of money to actually send it up there. Um, so to have extra heat shield that's just made and uh, radiation shield that's made out of normal stuff. Sorry, it'd be radiation rather than heat. But to have shielding that's made out of extra stuff when you could just use food and supplies on the way out. And then as you eat the supplies and they get replaced with, with waste, they go back in the same place and it's used as radiation shielding. It just sounds like a bet. I mean, it just sounds, if you're the astronaut, <laughs> do you make that trip? They're just like, hey, we took all the cool radiation shields out. <laughs> Shit in these bags and line yeah, the ship with them. Trust us. Yeah. You'll be up there. We'll be on the radio. If anything goes wrong, call us immediately. What if Bye. they used to use yeah. the shield for radiation? Actual radiation yeah. shield. <laughs> Made <laughs> of really decided... expensive metal. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah we can't well, They said that. water is better than metals for protection. Uh, they said the nuclei are the things that block cosmic rays and water molecules um, made of three small atoms contain more nuclei per volume than a metal. So water is better. Water is so more dense than metals. It's not that it's more dense, I guess, but at least contains more nuclei per volume. I'm not sure if that actually means... You can keep repeating it. Like, it's it's not going to be no, clear. I, I can read this. He looked at me, <laughs> though. It's like, I, dude, I got no clue. No, I told sorry. you. I do apologize I'm, that I'm challenging you on this. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, no, I guess water's not... I mean, water's not denser by the definition of uh, weight per volume than a, some... Um, some metals are less dense than water because they float, but if they sink, they're more dense than water. Can we so. get any kryptonite for this kind of stuff? <laughs> we need some kryptonite. <laughs> But yeah, it makes sense as a, as a, I mean, it's gross, but it makes sense as a double use of, of resources. This all just brings back up, we've talked about this many times before, would any, would either of you have any interest in going to space and under what conditions would you want to? I'd like to go to space um, as an actor in a movie, not actually going to space. Okay. 
Would you, so like Neil Armstrong and yeah, Paul I'd yeah. like to no, nah. <laughs> see, I believe they went. Right. I'd like to um, I'd like to do the hot, the Tom Hanks space mission. That's why I, how right. I'd like to go to space. Now, if you did that, would you want to, as part of the training, go on the uh, go on the plane that gets the mimics weightlessness? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to do that. Yeah, but I don't particularly want to go into space. It just looks a bit risky. I, I you know, actually, <laughs> with, what with the I, shit covers of space. That's what I wanted to go into space till I learned I laid off the radiation team. Well, so I'm kind of worried about all the sort of. Um, Debris that's in, like if you see you see pictures of of space now, yeah. there's just all this sort of crap. I'm sorry, but it's a metal. <laughs> no, sorry, I don't mean actual crap. I mean no, but I'm, chunks I'm, of I'm metal. laughing at when you look at pictures of space now. But I don't you know. Do you see pictures like you see uh, initially it was like this big wide open space, whereas now it's just like big lumps of metal everywhere. We have put a lot of stuff in space. There's a, there's, a, there's definitely a problem with stuff. We're worried about there's radiation. There's a problem with space junk, but it's not that big of a... There's still a lot more not stuff than there is stuff really? in space. Really? And the space junk that we've put out there isn't... When, when you're talking about Mars, there's going to be no space there's junk once there. you're yeah, on the way to, a bit beyond Earth. Yeah, in a way, you're actually safer on from that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, you're definitely safer when you're traveling outside of Earth's orbit. That's not the biggest risk Sitting at all. here is more, is more dangerous with, with meteorites crashing into Russia and all that kind of stuff. That's more more risky, is it? <laughs> well, being, being, like, being immediately up in space... You're at more risk for more risk, that's where <laughs> stuff. Yeah. But then other risks will start to play out. And then even What's not, the even biggest risk of going into space? Monsters. <laughs> Without missing E.T. Yeah. Because he's the more scary E.T. came than, yeah, just came random aliens. <laughs> well, I would I mean, even if everything goes right mission wise, I'd be terrified of just the human aspect of spending five hundred days with in the same close dudes. quarters with yeah. I would go, I would be the first to crack. I'm a crack. dick on earth. There's I mean no I don't way. want to have that happen. <laughs> I'm in a closet with two other dudes and we're shitting shit in bags, bags and lining the fucking ship. <laughs> I always like I don't when, think so. When you sign contracts for T V and uh, and uh, and uh, and film, I like when they they, they because lawyers do these really tight, tight contracts, and they signed up for usage in the UK, usage in Europe, usage in USA, and rest of the world, and entire universe. And you're like, really? The TV execs know stuff that we've no idea about. Because <laughs> if this shit is screening in Mars, you're not getting a penny more, bitch. <laughs> Wait, so they've been, it sounds like they've been sending shit to space for they quite do. a long time, yeah. apparently. And it always says in perpetuity as Doesn't well. Doesn't it? <laughs> for the rest of your days. Yeah, I hadn't realized. They're quite, they're quite sci-fi oriented. Have you not read, like, read that lawyers. bit? Yeah. Going, wow. They're covering their asses forever. The entire forever. universe. <laughs> if alien life is discovered. That's like that episode. Yeah, because what they're going to be doing is watching coupling. This, yeah, if we screen this on the moon. NBC still doesn't have to pay me any extra money. <laughs> that episode of Amazing Stories, did you ever watch that, that Steven Spielberg thing from the 80s? I remember it. anthology series. There was an episode where aliens find out that we've been having the Miss Universe competition <laughs> and they're mad, so they send... Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's <laughs> the dumbest premise. I like that. I mean, it's funny as like maybe like a joke, but as a full half-hour, yeah. hour-long episode having okay. to see a beauty pageant with aliens. That's right from Leno's stand-up from like the early 80s. Yeah. He did did have, he really have something about he, that? He had the exact same joke. Oh, wow. The, the arrogance of Earthlings that they would say, we have a Miss Universe. He goes, where are all the Marsians and Jupiterians going? We are the prettiest in the galaxy. Was, <laughs> that was the premise of the show. They yep. Ripped from the, the yeah, <laughs> right from my monologue, yeah. <laughs> that was not a good Leno impression at all. No, no it was great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> why, anyway. did, uh, why did Jay Leno just show up and say some words? <laughs> you want to talk about some uh, space stuff again? He's, he's back again. Not. He's back again. How, do, how did that happen? I got a cold. Oh, he's got a cold. That's why he sounds like not like himself at all. <laughs> right. Like a horrible impression. Um, all right, we, do, we have a couple of stories about monkeys. Well, specifically chimpanzees, which I know are apes, not monkeys. But uh, which of the two do you think is more interesting, Matt? Well, I think these are both sort of chimps are kind of a bit like us type stories. Um, this is uh, firstly there was a study of chimps at Whipsnade Zoo, where they found out that they they are up for solving puzzles for just fun. Uh, chimps are puzzlers at heart. They don't even need um, a reward. Yeah, because they, they set up a game for six chimps that involved moving these red dice through pipes until they fell into a container. Um, they tried it also with Brazil nuts instead of dice, so that success led to a treat. But when they did it without the without nuts, without any food, and just dice in general, they were still up for they were still up for doing still it. Still mucking about. They were just like, yeah, they'll they'll do crosswords. Did you have you read that book, the um, Super Freakonomics, the sort of the next one on from Freakonomics? No, I read the first one and it. it I, I kind of enjoyed it, but then it didn't. It wasn't as exciting as it promised. Like it wasn't as interesting as it first promised. So like the first two chapters, were like whoa, this has changed my outlook on stuff. And then the and then the last rest of the book was just kind of dull. Yeah, ask more <laughs> questions. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the the updated one has a study of monkeys, and they're not chimps. I can't remember what kind of monkeys they are. And they were giving monkeys um, 
money and uh, giving them treats for like figuring out solving problems and they were giving them food and stuff and then they put all the food and all the mon- on all the money into the cage and apparently all the monkeys ran for the the money because they knew that they'd get the money that, that, that they could get they could buy treats with they the money they could the exchange money for the treats, treats. Oh. but these monkey these mon- monkeys really enjoy having sex and one of the monkeys had all the food <laughs> and one of the monkey there was an ex- apparently what what the, the monkeys did was they figured out that if they gave another monkey the coin they could get the sex so they they sort of they started monkey prostitution and had to take all the coins <laughs> and all the food out of I gotta read this because book. they're watching going oh my god <laughs> they've made the next leap <laughs> to prostitution. <laughs> It really is the oldest profession. It turns out even the monkeys are at it. <laughs> it's it's innate. It's a it's it's a combination of natural animal needs. When uh, they when they threw a purple hat into the <laughs> ring, did the monkey who was who was uh, controlling all the I didn't explain that terribly well, but you have to yes. read the book, and, and it's one of the one of the chapters where you go, oh "My God!" Uh, the monkey that got the purple hat started condemning <laughs> the prostitute monkeys. <laughs> See, super freaking. Well, I was thinking. Of, I was thinking of a pimp. You were thinking of a, uh, yeah. a oh, clergy I was thinking member. Of a cl- yeah, I was thinking. Oh, no. I went purple. Funny they both have purple hats. Do pimps always wear purple hats? I was just picture. I had a picture. In my head that I hadn't accurately painted for I everyone else. Just I know what you meant. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're thinking of like a white brim purple hat, whereas yeah, I was thinking of more of a maybe. cardinal's purple hat. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what they're up to. Um, well, this is again, uh, given that we haven't had any uh, any misogyny yet on this show, on this episode, which I think is good. Well, hold your horses. Oh, hold so, uh, your there. Great. Is it going to be? Please let it be the boob song because that was brilliant. <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> it was uh, satire, right? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, Hilarious <laughs> satire. It's uh, a dick one coming next. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, female, female chimpanzees, it turns out, in another study um, at Chester Zoo. These are two UK okay. zoo-based studies. Aren't female as clever chimpanzees, as the males? Uh, no, and they're worse at parking. <laughs> no, <they're, laughs> uh, they are more negative when communicating with other females. So female, so I love that you throw. I'm, I'm going to throw that open to Wendy. Throwing it to the. <laughs> so they're more negative when communi- communicating with other. They females. use they use more aggressive signals and apologised less often with ge- gestures of reassurance, but they employed a more positive strategy around males with more expressions of greeting and submission. And how did the men talk to each other? Uh, they didn't. They just grunted and watched sports. <laughs> <laughs> they're kept apart from each other because they're both fighting to be the top top male. Yeah, this is a the this alpha is, male, is it? This is from a study of uh, primate behavioural behavior and 80s stand-up comedy. <laughs> <laughs> or any writing room with some boys and a girl in it. Um, well, I don't, that's fair enough, I guess. They were competing for the man. Is that not the way? I, I, think, I think, yeah, I think that's what it basically comes down to is they don't... I would guess it's more they don't need to get anything from the women so they can afford to be dicks Nasty. to them. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, they said but, that the, the, the study indicated that female chimpanzees are more sensitive to the sex of their partner than males and cater their gesture use accordingly. So the men are just kind of indifferent to the gender when they're using their gestures to communicate, but the women cater it to their to the gender of who they're talking to. And um, the females... So the way is like women are more sensitive to who they're talking to is what is what the outcome of that but is. But then they're yeah. also assholes to each other and not to <laughs> men for some reason, yeah. So it said males might have more positive relationships with their males because of the importance of male-male alliances and maintaining high social rank in a group. Whereas women get nothing from it. That's, there may be less of a focus on female chimpanzees maintaining multiple positive relationships with their females and instead more pressure on them to form positive But I guess in that group, because like, I, I don't know about them. Sorry, forgive me for my um, lack of extensive knowledge about the mating habits of chimpanzees, but... Do, Why are um, you even here? I, know, I feel like such a fucking <laughs> loser. God, I do know that ch- ch- chimpanzees are the most aggressive monkeys. Did you know that? I did not know that. So, because they're the I, ones I know that they're prone chimps to eat tearing meat. Off. Yeah, but like gorillas and all the other ones, orangutans, really gentle because they don't eat meat. They're just vegetarians. But oh, yeah. chimps can be really aggressive because they're meat eaters. Yeah. I go to a place in France called uh, Valley de Sange, which is a huge hit with my kids. Valley of the Monkeys. There we go. Mm. Look at you. Monkey but, um What I was going to say was, is this a comp- like, are they more negative to other women because that's a sort of another family from their man or do they have mutually exclusive relationships? I don't because think I can see if it's a second family. Reasons necessarily just notice the difference. The article doesn't get into reason. It just says, you know what, women are bitches. I don't like it. <laughs> it's too open. And in conclusion, there. women are bitches. Okay. You should have. And Jane Goodall found this burn book. Oh man, oh, dude, it was cold. <laughs> My son met Jane Goodall, and she told him how to say hello in monkey. Oh really? Or chimpanzee? I don't know what she's. What, what are the monkeys Who was she the specialized one that, did in? Did she meet your daughter? No, she would have been so mean to her. Oh my god, what an awful. 
<laughs> Wait, I thought that the one who did the sign language was who worked with Coco, the ch- the the gorilla. Jinkadol shrieked in my son's face, and he thought it was the coolest <laughs> thing. Ever. That was she just said hi to me in monkey. <laughs> really? And okay. your daughter went, We're she's going on her home period. Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did that you... one was being mean, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> How did you happen to meet Jane Goodall? I was at um, an event called Women in Inspiration and Enterprise. And basically what it's about is um, there's a, it's a, it's a, a group set up in New York and also in London about how women are very good at getting themselves to the next level of the career, but kind of worry that because there are so few of them up there, they pull up the ladder. And it's about not doing that and about being more welcoming to those women that are coming up okay. and it's quite hard to do it in that way you sort of fight for your position and think I'm here I don't want anyone else to be you know snapping right. at my, my ankles yeah like like the chimps do in that study possibly yeah, yeah. well if you look at the sort of that to, to get a bit political in, in the UK there's like 51% of the of the UK population is women but it's just not re- re- reflected in our parliament we just v- don't vote each other in mm-hmm. and it's kind of you know there needs to be something done about it and we need to change the right. way we think or, but or when they do we... get in they don't get promoted to the higher levels that, by yeah. there's like one in the cabinet it's and ridiculous and there was this really? whole thing there's yeah. one? no there's probably more than that now but mm, there's well, not that many it's about two, there's, two. So there's 51% women well, in, 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 the, in, the, in the country, yeah. but that's just not reflected in our parliament. And what percentage of those are Monty Python guys dressed up? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all, all British women are technically men in a dress. Easy. Excuse me? Voice. Excuse me? <laughs> Your face was gorgeous. <laughs> really? Benign or violation? She was wow. going with it for a second and then went, wow. wow. I'm going to do comedy, but Matt, you just want to fight. <laughs> I'll give you that if that's what you're after. Uh, so, yeah. Sorry to go a bit serious, but it's a really interesting... Um, network of women that sort of they, they do lunches and meet together and try and, and, and do a mentoring scheme where women that are coming up can um, speak to someone who's who's where they want to be without that sort of nasty thing right which you don't know if women like if women do it to each other or if you sort of it's that sort of competing thing or if you know I mean I think you know everyone regardless of gender does that to an extent you know that's found across the board if people get to a place and they're like right well I need to I need to stay there and the best way to stay there is if someone's too young and hungry Fucking exactly, up their career yeah, yeah. in some way. Him down, yeah. But but I can imagine that's particularly the case if you feel like there's someone who's spe- like a version of you or. Yeah, well, there's a thing like because they, they, they've invited lots of lots of women to speak, and most women are happy to. But there's one woman that said uh, they refused to speak at the lunch because she didn't want to be viewed as a woman, and she's in like the woman. And I kind of I appreciate what she's saying because I don't want to be called a funny woman. I want to be a funny comedian. Right. And how, the, so often after gigs, you come off stage and they go, oh, you were so great. And I don't normally like female uh, comics. And you're like, you're a dick. Uh, yeah, because which, that's a, that instant decision before you even open your mouth. And, the, and then, you, then you, you sort of challenge them on that and go, which female comics do you not like? Like, yeah, yeah. like? Oh, well, you know, just gen, you know, just generally, I'm not... Yeah. It, they don't have an actual answer. No, yeah, there, there are not there any def- names. Not a single name. There is definitely that thing with, or, with female comedians where... where or if they saw one person they didn't enjoy, that represents the whole, the whole of the genre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you wouldn't like you wouldn't not go to a music night because you want because there's a woman playing on there and you're like, well, I, I once I once saw a woman playing a gig and it wasn't good, so I'm I'm going to avoid Joni Mitchell tonight because because yeah. women aren't musical. Women aren't musical. You know, I saw this guy on the internet named Tayson Day, and I'm just going to say it. I don't think black people have musical talent. <laughs> I just don't. I don't think so. <laughs> um, Call me. Uh, there, you said it. You yes. put out that you're yep. brave of nothing yep. else. Get that doctor to do a study. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you though. So your daughter went to this. Uh, do you have you have three children? You said. Yeah, I have a, the, the, the baby is um, eighteen months. Is that a boy or girl? Boy. And then I have an eight year old boy and a ten year old girl. Ten year old girl. Oh, so what what sort of things is she interested in? And are you are you trying to push She's, her into? It's really hard. Yeah, I think to a certain extent you have to be led by your children, but then you have to sort of. Like yeah. she said to me, look, mommy, I've got Robert Pattinson's address. Why don't we drive past? Okay, well, what that is there, <laughs> that's stocking, and I can't endorse that. And how did but, you find this? Yeah, just went online and typed it in. Apparently, it came up. So you know, she's at least the sto- at least the stalkers mm-hmm. help each other. There's one level yeah. of society where women are on each other's sides. Um, so you know, I guess she's into Robert Pattinson, Twilight. Uh, in fact, I had the kids were having a very interesting argument the other day there. I'm sure I told you about this. My son's a massive Harry Potter fan. My daughter's a huge Twilight fan. Mm-hmm. They're having a big fight and I just let them go at it because I don't like to interfere because I know <laughs> that if that, if I interfere now when they're that age, when it's like 19 and 21, they'll be like, he's got my car. I just yeah. thought, you know what, you deal with it. So they're fighting about which is the best, Harry Potter or Twilight. 
and my son and is going Harry Potter is so much better and he's intelligent and he's solved problems and 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 Bella's like but you know Bella Swan and Twilight and Robert Pattinson and my son turns to my daughter and says Bella uh, her name's Bella mm-hmm. says Isabella um, Harry Potter teaches girls to be smart and Twilight teaches girls to love boys <laughs> and there's just this cold silence in the car where I was like oh shit that's remarkable totally got you mate (laughs) it's a remarkable level of insight for an eight-year-old boy isn't it good that's because boys are better at arguing is that what it's played out right in front of you (laughs) I just thought it was very good I was like okay fair enough so has she shown any interest in the sciences though or in, in math or anything or how does she take to those subjects um She's, she's interested in how things work. They, um, we, we always get um, National Geographic. My guilty pleasure at home is I, I get all the trashy magazines and hide my subscription to National Geographic in there. So she's quite inter- interested in that. And But um, my son's way more interested in the science side of things. He, like, she likes uh, novels and fiction, mm-hmm. and he's just facts. For a long time, we thought he was really simple because <laughs> he wouldn't read. And it turned out he said that I just don't care about spot the dog, mummy. I just I'm not interested in these stupid books. <laughs> so as soon as we got him the Guinness Book of Records, boom, off he went. He could read, and he's he he, he doesn't read anything. He's not inter- that's what I find interesting about boys. Boys will do what they want to do, and girls will do what they think you want them to do as children. Huh. But my, my son won't do anything. Uh, that he not doesn't so much when do. they get older. I Maybe not. But boys just do. <laughs> my, my son does, but is a lot more sensitive than my daughter. Yeah. Maybe that's just my children, but I don't know. The boy, I'd, if I'd known how sensitive boys were in my 20s, I'd have been far nicer to them. <laughs> <laughs> they cry for days about stuff, don't they? I had did no you, idea. Did you cut some, 20s, did you cut some 20-year-old boys down in your... <laughs> yeah, in my 40s. You crushed no, them. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, you know, you're a bit offhand with boys when you're in your 20s and then go, oh, God. I think that's why you have sons to punish you for your wrongs in your twenties. We have feelings. Yeah, you're ladies. having. You're going to be comforting your teenage son. Yeah, going that bitch, and that was me. Well, yeah, <laughs> when you twenty years ago. Yeah, well, that's the thing I worry about. I'm going like some tramp's going to walk in with my son. And I'm like, I'm going to know exactly what kind of girl she is. Yeah. And I'm going to have to sit there and go, "Great, she seems lovely. It's nice to meet you." <laughs> 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 I've seen this model before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's tough. Um, should we try to do one more story, mate? I think we have time. Uh, yeah, we we. I mean, there's. I've got a couple of stories loaded up and oh. ready to go, but I think this this one is really quick that I just thought was interesting. It's almost more of a factoid. Yeah. about the herbal Viagra. That's is exactly that the one I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. So that they've done a uh, someone's done a study of various uh, herbal herbal remedies for ele- erectile dysfunction. That's herbal. Which is sound on online. I uh, wish it being sold online. Turns out, um, uh, some of them some of them definitely do work. And that's because they were found to contain actual Viagra. <laughs> oh my gosh. Seven out of ten products they tested had actual <laughs> Viagra in it. So it's, you know, hey, this is working. Why is that? Oh, because it, it's Viagra. Yeah. Yeah. See, this stuff's just as good as the chemicals. From- <laughs> so why do they, so herbal is, is, is more healthy, is it, than... No, I think they're just saying people sneak the substance, the active ingredient in Viagra, into these things that they can then sell over the counter. I see, I see. Or a similar synthetic drug, like something that's molecularly very similar. Um, Do they give the names of the products that actually (laughs) have it? It's called Niagara. It's very similar. Oh, really? (laughs) It's to do with how dense water is. Um, The the drug's called Sildenafil. I don't know how to pronounce it. That's easy for you to say. Exactly. That's the active ingredient, and they found that in seven out of ten products. Um, and that's Claiming cause for to be concern. herbal. That's astonishing. But, yeah. I mean, that's always been the issue anyway with any kind of herbal remedies for stuff. Is it's unregulated? It's sort of unlicensed, and if it has any effect on you, then it's because it has stuff in it, like her- right, right. herbs that herbs that actually have medical effects on you, whether they whether they help your depression or cure a headache or help clear up an infection, or whatever. There'll be something in the leaf or the bark or the seed or whatever that is a molecule or a series right. of molecules that are drugs. That it's probably testable. <laughs> like as such. like yeah. your herbal clove cigarettes with tobacco. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They're healthy because they're natural. Like heroin, you know, from the ground, from a plant. Yeah, you can't go to the Viagra farm like she went to the spice farm. And just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? Off a tree. So that's the vanilla and that's the cinnamon. Where does the Viagra come it's from? It's the tallest, straightest tree <laughs> on the horizon. <laughs> it bends slightly to the left. <laughs> um, I mean, that's what, like, for example, they used to, people used to chew and still some chew willow bark to treat uh, headaches. Mm. And in fact, still there are herbal remedies that are solved with extract of willow bark, 
Willow bark contains salis- uh, um, acetylacylic acid, which is aspirin. Yeah. Like, that's what aspirin is. Like, that's how they first discovered aspirin. And then they worked out a way to th- synthesize it and just make it from chemicals rather than right, having right. to constantly strip trees. And But that, like, whenever whenever there is a herbal re- remedy for something, it's it's got a molecule in the leaf that works. Otherwise, it, or it's pure placebo. Or it's just something to darken your urine. Yeah. yeah. If you like that kind of thing. Yeah. Take and who doesn't? Vitamins. Who doesn't sure. love dark urine? What's your go-to when you get sick, Mike? What do you take? Do you do any of the airborne stuff? Or uh, uh, no, no, I, I chug orange juice. Yeah, and I'm, I'm lucky. I'm you and I talked earlier. I got I'm sick a little bit now, just throat stuff. But I just I chug orange juice and and uh, you know I'll t- if it's bad I'll do Theraflu. You know that yeah, the, the yeah. hot nan- which is awful and disgusting. But what is know. it? Theraflu. It's like a powder, and you you boil water and you dump it in there, and then you can kind of chug it down. It tastes nasty, but it's I mean it'll. Okay, so probably like lemon. The drugs you can get over the counter in the in, in the US. You can yeah, you definitely can't. get more stuff that you can only Way get with prescription in the UK. Oh really? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. like whenever you go to people's like, if you're like I'm off to America. Oh brilliant! Can I give you a list of the drugs that you can get me? Because there's stuff <laughs> like, they just won't sell it over the counter because they moderate the pharma- the the drugs that are out there so that you know the viruses don't evolve and then they they can but, drip feed. But even even like things like basic painkillers in the UK. You can only get uh, you can only get ibuprofen, for example, in in blister packs of um, of like thirty two at a time. Whereas, really? yeah, whereas in America you can get like bottles of two hundred, like big yeah. plastic bottles, bottles of two hundred. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Quite a lot of them in the depression section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, why is that? Uh, why would they regulate that? I mean, what's the harm in having too much ibuprofen? What's well, with pain, it, I, I know exactly what the, the harm of too much ibuprofen is. My husband ended up in hospital with a bleeding ulcer the first five days we were here because it, they, it rots your stomach. How much did he take? He took one a day, but he took Advil, and it was. But you know, I don't know if that's some negative thing to say about. They're a but, sponsor um, of our show. This is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> have to edit that out. Duh, Sorry, awkward, awkward. But yeah, they, like we went. He went into hospital. He didn't know he had a ble- bleeding ulcer. He had um, sore stomach, and then started passing out and fainting. And they said they asked him what was wrong. He had a sore stomach for a few days, and they said been taking anything for it. And he was like, not really. And they said he, he had one a day, and he said, and they said you've not been taking anything ridiculous like Advil, have you? And he went, ridiculous. yeah. He went, yeah. And they went, the whole all the doctors went. Oh, and then checked him, and he had an ulcer that was bleeding, and apparently it just <sighs> rots your stomach. Right. Two because more days, he would have well, pulled his eyeball out. But also, out. if you... <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> but if you read on the... La- does anybody read the tiny print on the labels of drugs? Right. And in the UK, Not the blister pack thing's was. also to stop people from overdosing, because it's much harder to overdose yeah. on a thing if you have to individually pee, push <laughs> yeah. thing right. out rather than just knock back a bottle like in a cartoon. Actually, yeah, when I've been taking ibuprofen recently, if more than two come out at a time because they're tiny, I'll just be like, I don't want to put them back in, so I'll just, just neck them. But the, um, the, the small print always says, be careful if you've got I used to take six. Right. Six, six ibuprofens or Advil? Six ibuprofen, Advils. Is it the same ingredient as Advil? Or yeah, not? yeah. Because I can't I think, take it. When I, was a, uh, I had a surgery. Uh, I had a gastric bypass when I was a super oh fat dude, and they, you know, they turn your stomach into a shot glass. <laughs> and the first thing they tell you when you're out, they're like, you can, you can never take Advil again. Ever because it, it, you will bleed out. It's like so horrible. But Which when I, I was crazy no fat, I used to take six of them. You know, whenever I oh had God. a headache, yeah, it was not smart. But yeah, it's it's awful for you. Do you have other options? Then well, for I pain know relief? that now. No, no, acetaminophen. Oh, okay. well, yeah, but that's also you can't have too many of because that's bad for your liver. Yeah, oh, really? well, all, and also Advil too. It destroys your liver. Oh, I used to take Axidar too. They said it's like they, as, as having stuff in your stomach, but often when you're feeling ill or sore, you don't want to eat, and you do take stuff on an empty stomach, and that's the worst, worst thing you can do. But yeah, so let that be a lesson to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a uh, chew on a willow bark, guys. Yeah. <laughs> just go back to chewing on a willow bark. It's a good lesson to leave. Well, on maybe that probably. there's something in that not being so diluted and so strong. I don't know. But but the other but the problem with herbal remedies is you don't necessarily know the strength because they don't because yeah. often they like they well, don't label don't it even... and even if they do label it they don't really know themselves because they're just guessing how much of the leaf goes in and yeah. how whether it's a strong batch or a weak batch and, and that story proves it they don't know what's in it right literally they can claim whatever they want and there's, it's not regulated so you have no idea and really what you're taking there's nothing worse when you get those mushrooms that are mislabeled yeah, oh that's awful they're the worst <laughs> yeah. and they've got Viagra in them <laughs> <And> that, <laughs> the Viagra mushrooms containing Advil bloody hell <laughs> No one's put. No one's really offered that as a drug, like magic mushroom Viagra combo. <laughs> Mr. <Yeah>. Magic is. <laughs> Mr. Mag- is Mr. Magic branched yeah, Mr. out yeah. in, in adulthood? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Magic's throwing them at oven hobs as we speak. He's <laughs> <laughs> gone from chocolate powder explosions. <laughs> to a I could see the appeal of a Mr. Magic show when you're on mushrooms. That would be pretty amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of Mr. Magic, uh, will you be performing Mr. Magic on stage anywhere soon? Oh my God! Mike? Anywhere with a stove, book me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in. I'll bring my own hot chocolate. Seriously, I will. It'll be fine. 
You're coming to uh, you're coming to Portland to do your show, aren't you, soon? Yeah, March 29th. I'm at the Headwaters Theater in Portland. Tickets are on sale at brownpapertickets.com right now. It is the uh, it, I'm I'm recording a CD in April, so we're kind of nice. trying to shape that up. So yeah, March 29th in Portland at the Headwaters Theater. Tickets are available now. And, then, and I can find you on Twitter as well. On- yeah, Twitter.com/slash the 40 year old boy, Facebook.com/slash the 40 year old boy, and you can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Nice. And, and watch for the record on AST Records once it's... Yeah, recorded. Uh, recording that beginning of April. I don't know when it'll be out, but yeah, recording a CD with a special thing records. I'm excited yes. to do it. And Wendy, what if... What, what am I up to? I'm up um, to? gigging throughout LA for the next week, and I'm going to Glasgow next month for the Glasgow Comedy Festival with a new one-hour show called Wanging On. Go so, and see that. Yeah, if, got, <laughs> if, I don't if anyone's have, in Glasgow... I don't know if we have any Scottish listeners. I'm sure we've got a couple. Uh, <laughs> if you if you are anywhere near Glasgow in the ne- in March. Yeah. Come down to the door and see Viagra and see what we, what we can get you <laughs> in deeper. <laughs> what does wanging on mean? What does that mean? Wanging on is a term I kind of... It's not... Is it just me that says it? I don't think I say it. Wanging on, to me, I mean, it sounds like some kind of Australian football term. <laughs> you just cross the wang line, but no, yeah. it just means talking... Wanging on, just oh, blah blah blah, blah blah blah, because I could do that for a long time. I don't think you've noticed. So yeah, it's an hour of me just wanging on. Perfect. <laughs> so go and see that, and also uh, on Twitter, you're I'm Wendy underscore Wason. Don't just don't tweet tweet to Wendy Wason because she's a, a realtor in San Francisco and she gets pretty angry about it. Oh. <laughs> she starts wanging on. Yeah, I, yeah. I have to be Andy T Wood because Andy Wood is like a pastor and a youth minister in the Bay Area. I love him. I'm totally going to tweet him. Yeah. <laughs> so follow at Andy Wood also. So go. Go and do those. And as always, uh, follow us uh, at Probably Science. Uh, email us with any corrections, comments, clarifications at probablyscience at gmail.com. Uh, and please subscribe to the podcast if you're not already subscribed. And give us nice ratings and nice comments because that helps other people find out about us. Tell your friends and tune in next week. And you can actually, we added a donate button a little while back. We if did add a donate button. To, uh, if you feel like supporting our show and costs. helping us do our thing, then then uh, if you fancy chucking some money our way to help with uh, hosting and that kind of thing and our... Our excursions, excursions, our trip to Mars. If you want to help out with that, funding help. some more Mr. Magic shows. Shit covered car. I was just saying, if you can't send money, send bags of shit. <laughs> my car, oh, no. my car is well protected from radiation now. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we will be back next week.